this is William Del Pilar with Big John. And tonight on the docket, we have the NFL and its free agency and quarterbacks. Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, James Winston. What a name James is. That's how you spell it. William, I believe it's pronounced Jameis. Whatever. Jameis. No, I apologize. People always mispronounce or my name. Or James is. Right. I always I, say James is. And yeah, it, it, that's the way it's spelled. So I get it. Yeah, and we whoever else is left on the market, we're going to briefly talk about them too. There's just two main quarterbacks still left, Garoppolo and Mayfield. And finally, Mr. Kneeler himself, Colin Kaepernick is back on the docket or back in the news. Back so, Big John, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, William. Uh, I, I, this quarterback carousel keeps swinging and turning on us. I can almost hear the circus music playing in the background. You know. Um, in your 25, 30 year, however long, since I've been watching football since I was a kid, the NFL. Yep. I cannot remember an offseason with this much impact. Usually you'll get a Deshaun Watson type newsmaker once in the off season but, but but i mean we've had quite a few moves and, and we're going to talk about them yeah. but it, I, well, guess what i'm trying to say is i believe this is one of the most exciting off seasons to go hand in hand with what i call a great comeback season for the nfl last year right it, and uh, i'm trying to avoid what's known as recency bias you know that's the tendency humans have that whatever the newest is is what you think is the best so i i get that but the truth of the matter is this has been pretty exciting as you said in especially in terms of the quarterbacks but even more so uh the fact that there's trading going on it's not just free agent signings right we had wentz get traded we had watson get traded technically traded um or matt ryan got traded garoppolo's going to be traded well we'll that's something to talk about now, isn't it? But that's yeah, right. A little preview. So, yeah. so let's get right down to yeah. it. Okay. So first on the docket is the Falcons trade Matt Ryan to the Colts. Uh, let me break down the trade here real quick for you, Big John. Sure. The Falcons received the Colts third round pick, number 82 overall. Right. That's pretty much the trade. Straightforward. The Falcons are taking a $40.5 million dead cap hit, and it's only a $9 million savings. Or yeah. Now, before the meeting, Ryan met with the Colts on Saturday night. The trade happened Monday, I believe. He met with them Saturday night. He wasn't angry, but like anybody with an ego, it was a little bit miffed that the talk was with Deshaun. So his thought process was, do I really want to play with the Falcons? Not in a, mount, not, not, not in a negative way as much as this team wants to rebuild. Do I want to be, right. I mean, along those lines. So they shipped them off. He, yeah. and the Colts picked up Ryan's seven and a half million dollar roster bonus. They added guarantees and they're keeping it as a two year deal, uh, which still has about $54 million. Ryan has a $24.7 million cap hit this upcoming season. That's that's high, but affordable in right. terms of the team's overall scheme and a $29.2 million cap hit in 2023. First of all, Big John, what do you think about the trade? And second, how long do you think he lasts? Yeah, those, those are both interesting questions. So the trade makes sense to me. And listen, if you wanted to, to do a blueprint of how professionals behave in these situations, look at Matt Ryan. 
not only did he not have a tantrum, say, a la Baker Mayfield, uh, like well, no, Baker well, that's Mayfield. Immaturity. That's immaturity. Yeah, that's immaturity. Absolutely. That's about, that, that's about, he was 13 now when yeah. Mayfield uh, 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 was, uh, uh, when Ryan in 2008. So yeah. there's what, a 10, 12 year difference. Oh, at least, but, but that's what I'm saying. Here's a difference, right? Ryan actually accommodated the Falcons because that roster bonus was due uh, the Thursday. And right. he agreed to put it off until the Falcons found out if they could get Watson. So right. first of all, he didn't have to do that, Matt Ryan, right? But he was a gentleman, but he was also smart because he said, listen, if they trade for Watson, I'm riding the bench. So what's, what's in my best interests as well? So he had a mutually thing. They put it off till Tuesday. So that was professional on Ryan. He never badmouthed the Falcons. He never said, if they get Watson, I'm pissed. Nothing like that. Second, the Colts, give them credit. Even though this is a, a carousel for them, it seems every year, five quarterbacks in five years. Here's the problem. Not, here's the good thing. I used to be on Wall Street, right? I used to be a trader on Wall Street. The hardest thing for the, for the layman to do in the stock market is say, I lost money, I'm cutting my losses, I'm dumping this bad stock, and I'm moving on. Right. That is the hardest thing for anyone to learn to do. Because sometimes you just cut your losses. The Colts cut their losses with Carson Wentz. And they didn't sit around and cry and say, look, we spent the first and the third. I guess we got to keep them. Or, you know, oh, we're going to pay again for another quarterback? No. They said, here's the situation we're in. We don't want Wentz. He's not a leader. He's a loser. He right. And that was a whole key with Wentz. It has something to do with his lack of locker room leadership. Right. So they said, yeah. okay. Let's bring a proven commodity, somebody who's been to the Super Bowl, right, Matt Ryan, and has professionalism in class. Let's bring him on. We're paying a third. Now, it's a good deal all the way around. The Colts didn't give up too much, but also I kind of disagree with you a little bit. The Falcons saved the $9 million this year. They're taking a dead money hit, but then they're done. Oh, right, so, right, 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 right. Well, hold on. What did I say that was negative? That's just a fact. I mean, yeah, no, but I'm saying it's, it's not Look. a negative, but also don't forget, they well, were it shows to... piss poor salary cap management. Well, you play this game. It, it gets old, you know? Well, listen, it's just like the government, William. It's just like the federal government. You're going to postpone the debt as right, long right. as you can until it hits you like a ton no, of bricks. It, it, it's banana world government because New England That's us, by the way. Don't, don't have that problem. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> That's us. Yeah. We're, we're, a banana, we're a banana republic when it comes to economics. So, some teams don't have those issues, and the Patriots come to mind. The Patriots, yeah. the Bills, like Shane, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 Brandon Bean and, and Shane now with the Giants, they have that philosophy. What did Shane do? He's like, I'm not spending money. I need to cut $40 million. I don't care if we have a lousy team this year. That's yeah. how you build, right? Right, so, and, and I give him credit for, yeah. for actually coming out. I, John, Big John, when was the last time you actually heard a general manager and head coach go, we are in a rebuilding phase? It, it's very remember. rare. It's very rare. Well, actually, but it wasn't rare back in the... No, no, I'm saying now. Yeah, now. Now Now. it's completely rare. Yeah, yeah, it's completely rare. But I like the Ryan trade. How long is he going to stay in Indianapolis? I think he'll make... Well, first of all, Big John, can he make the throw still? Can he... Did you hear me? Can he make the throw? I, I did. I'm trying to think of a good answer. Listen, I think he can make most of the throws. He's obviously lost something you could tell from watching him play. Now, how much of that was him getting beat up? I don't know. He's going, he's going behind a better offensive line in Indianapolis. He's got a great running back, Jonathan Taylor. That 
solves a lot of problems for quarterbacks, believe me. But I'm concerned that they have no playmakers, real playmakers. I know Michael Pittman Jr. is supposedly on the rise. Um, I'm not sure he's a wide receiver one, to be he's honest. He's talking the receiver core. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, the tight ends are nothing to uh, like Mo Alley Cox and uh, Do- Jack Doyle retired. Mo right. Alley Cox is not, I mean, he's solid, but he's not a game breaker. Nobody's afraid of him. He's not going to. Right, right. Their team is not yet there. See, that's no. the big misnomer that my research has pointed out. I think, I can't remember what game, but towards the end of the season, maybe one of those two debacles they had, but it's like went through a sack like nine times. You know, yeah. Taylor's the Jaguars. Yeah. Jaguars. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was held to like 60 yards. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's easy to put the blame on Wentz. But they have issues with their offensive line, and they've got to get their scheming much better. And part of the problem, I believe, is Frank Reich, who also calls the plays. Either be the freaking head coach or call the plays. But the downside of that is we just had a Super Bowl with two boy geniuses who call their own plays. But that's I, that's still the exception. And I think that's, that's kind of burnt Frank uh, over. Be a head coach, evaluate your players, because you're doing something wrong when you can't convince Andrew Luck to stay, and then you go through retread, 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 and then your young guy uh, all of a sudden decide, uh, you decide isn't a leader. Yet that's the first. I researched Carson Wentz. I did not find anything negative uh, in terms of a lack of leadership ability. So I'm not saying I don't believe them, but what I'm what, what, as an outsider looking in, I start to question. Everybody's looking at the quarterback position. You know, nobody's looking at the well, head coach who causes his own plays at yeah, the offensive line. I don't. So look, look, I, I I'm less critical of Frank Reich, but I'm more critical of of journalists, media, or whatever, crowning the Colts. I look at the Colts. They're a solid team, but they're not a team that's on the verge. They're not that team that needs one or two players to get into exactly. that. Like, I, they're a solid team. But look, They need help all over the place. And when I say all over, not just positions, but the coaching staff needs to get its head out of its tush. Yeah, but look, look even in their own division. Are they better than the Titans? Uh, no, they are on par with the Titans, though. And that's only because of Tannehill. You know, Tannehill is kind of like, here are the Titans. But when you add Tannehill to the equation, it's it's like, here here's good. Tannehill kind of brings it right to that edge, you know, where, okay, Derek, we need you to bail us out. Right, it's right. But, but but at least the, the, the Titans seem to have a better – they have a, probably a better defense overall. Uh, their quarterback play has been better, if not tremendously better. Tannehill's been better than what Indianapolis has been rolling out. They've got a stud wide receiver. For some reason, the Colts still think T.Y. Hilton is a good receiver. And that he's I know, receiver, I know. Right? See, and that, that's what I mean by the front. When I say front office, I'm talking both head coaching and management. And, and I get sick and tired when people try to put the blame completely on one. Hey, I, I had never seen a job, and I'm sure, unless it's a complete personality conflict, and odds are the following year will be different people, have I, I have never heard of a head coach not having input with the general manager and players. So when somebody says T.Y. Hilton sucks or whatever, and I right. agree, you know, who do you blame? You blame them both. You know, yeah, like who's you been the front office for the player evaluation with the oh, coaching staff for still keeping them on roster? And, and FYI, throw the owner in that too. Oh my god, yeah, right. I mean, Thursday when he's the, when he's not uh, yeah. sipping the, the, the bubbly. Well, uh, well, I, I, I'm not going to get into that, but I will say that um, 
you know, you ha- when you have an owner that, for example, doesn't want to spend money, doesn't, you know, doesn't like certain types of players, potentially, you know, from a PR perspective. So you may have, the, as, and I'm not saying that's the case with the Colts, but I, you know, you said GM and coach, I would also throw in ownership as being part of that. No, team. I agree. I agree. You know, I think, so. I think the head coach or the, I think that decision to get rid of Wentz was a complete buy-in by, by the front office, the coaching staff, and the owner had to pull the trigger to go, okay, trade him. Because remember, they gave up a first round pick. Yeah. Yeah. That Jaguar, and, that Jaguars game made it impossible for Wentz to come back. Like losing to the Raiders. Look, they had two games left. All they needed to do was win one and they were in the playoffs. I agree with you, Big Joe, right. but come on. How much of it is a play calling? The inconsistent play of the offense? Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, I, yeah I'm, but I'm saying the way things shook out, Wentz was not coming back after. Right, right. Wentz became the scapegoat. See, and that's my issue. Exactly. Is it's partially his fault, but he's been made to be the complete scapegoat. Look, yeah. I watched Jonathan Taylor play twice. You know, so I didn't get a great feel for him, but I saw enough to realize, oh, he's not the exceptional back everybody says he is. He's a great back, a great young back with some uh, 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 talent there, but he's not going to blow me away as the next Earl Campbell. I don't care what people say. I did not see that on he's the He's not an Earl Campbell, but he's a very well, I'm talking about guy. He's a big physical yeah. back who has moves. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying he's stuck in the middle of the pack. But I'm not saying he's the art. He's not Derrick Henry is what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. yeah, fair enough. Very yeah. but And that's important because they began to rely on him last year like he was Derrick Henry. And all you do is lessen his career, his shelf life. Right. They, they put a lot on his shoulders. But that's and he, he, he couldn't perform. I mean, but, look, you can blame Wentz, but he carried the ball too against the Jags, didn't he? It was held to 66 yards. Right, because at that point that. they were they were just – they just yeah. decided they were stopping Taylor no matter what. But, and so anyway, yeah, there's a lot of blame to go around. The, the, but, the problem I have is will Matt Ryan be in a position to survive? So obviously we have to wait till after the draft. We have to wait for whatever. Uh, well, well, hold on. Do they have a first round pick this year? No, I, I know, but we still have to wait till after the draft. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we have to wait for those post June one cuts where sometimes you get a veteran to come in, you know, um, look, there's a lot of players out there that are still free agents that might be able to help them. Look, defensively, you pop a Bobby Wagner, who's a, still a free agent, surprisingly enough. You pop a Bobby Wagner in there with Darius Leonard. Oh, I love so, Darius Leonard. You know well, why? He's a conservative. I don't know if he is or not, but but my point is he's a great player. You no, he's a phenomenal player. And you take someone like Bobby Wagner, who's also a phenomenal player, you put him next to Leonard. All of a sudden, that linebacking core looks amazing you know yeah but but they, but you're right i mean they are not one piece away but to me they're yes, more they're than several. a few but they're not a lot yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Plus, they're not but here's the other issue big john yeah they play in one of the weakest divisions in the nfl hell for the last 10 years it's been one yeah, of the I, I don't i wouldn't disagree so, with that. Yeah. so so that does two things it, it, it makes them too soft to once the playoff rolls around they get rolled or because the NFL is a game of attrition, <laughs> they remain the healthiest, you know, because I do believe Matt Ryan can take them to the Super Bowl. Look, the downside to Matt Ryan is one, the Atlanta Falcons, a team that are perpetual losers. He was there 14 seasons, Big John. How many were above 500? Seven. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, yeah, 500. Yeah, the so year. the question that you have to ask yourself, is it Matt Ryan or was it the Falcons? And my take is, based off the history, yeah. 
it's the Falcons. Because when that team had players and receivers, he had them going to the Super Bowl. Look, I don't blame Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan lives in the era where they no longer call plays. In fact, very rarely do they even get the audible anymore. So the reason he is holding, wearing a Super Bowl, in fact, they don't wear Super Bowl loser rings. They kind of took him away in the closet. The reason he has one of those is because of Kyle Shanahan. You know, so I, I believe with better coaching, he'd be a Super Bowl winner right now. And on a better team, he could maybe have multiple Super Bowls. I think he's that good. I don't think he's lost too much, uh, just that natural age. But now, the, now here's where they're not going to like hearing this, Colts fans. Look, you may not have liked Wentz, but Wentz was mobile. He could move. He can move in and out of that pocket. Phillip Rivers was a brick, you know, and that's what you're getting with Matty Ryan. You're getting another brick. And Andrew Luck was a brick, but he was a young brick who could run people over. So, you know, no, fact, no, that's no. one reason I believe he's, he retired. Yeah, he Luck, could, Luck could move. Luck could move. But, I mean, but yeah, no, no. But Luck, the problem with Luck, and one reason I think he did retire, uh, uh, he was getting beat up, a lot of hits. He talked about that. But, dude, the guy did not know how to slide early on. And, and, and it's, it looked like, well, what's it called when those players, they're looking for somebody to hit? That was kind of like Andrew Luck running that time. But anyway, uh, the, 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 a couple of uh, issues I want to ask you on Matt Ryan. So do the Colts have the offensive line to protect him? Yes. Okay. Uh, is he still upper echelon, Matt Ryan? No. No, okay. Uh, he's upper echelon. Now, let me define. Upper okay, okay. Let me define upper echelon yeah. for you. Top 10. Is he a top 10 NFL quarterback? If he is, it's number 10. Gotcha. All right. He's 37. Do you think we're going to see a regression uh, 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 fall off quickly, or do you think he's going to be a Brady? And, and you know, He's not going to be a Brady. Gonna... He's not going to be a Brady. Well, I'm talking about for this year, this year, next year, for two years. For two years, he'll he'll be confident for two years. Yeah, he'll he be 39. Need, he, need, he needs help. He needs help around him badly. But I look at it this way, Big John, is he survived Atlanta. <laughs> it's a terrible team. So my take is no matter how bad the Colts are, it's an upgrade. Okay. Uh, 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 his last winning season was 2017. He had no receiver core. Uh, outside of Kyle Pittman, Pittman, is his receiver core in with Indianapolis better or worse than the Falcons? Worse. It's worse with the Colts. Yeah, because at least the Falcons had Kyle Pittman. You had Kyle Pitts, the tight end. But Kyle Pitts. Yeah, Pitt. uh, Michael Pittman is the guy on the end. Yeah, but they don't forget they also had Calvin Ridley up until he got. Uh, he, yeah, he but that was around week are. six or seven, I think, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But generally speaking, Ridley was there, and up until two seasons ago, he always had Julio Jones. So in Atlanta, yeah, but who? No, no. I, I mean, you're right. Technically, he was signed a contract and on the Atlanta Falcons, but he did not always have it, which is why I would use it. You know, when I watched when they were had their Super Bowl years or those playoff years, rather. I even back then I'm looking. I'm like, don't get hurt, don't, because I was rooting for you know, I'm rooting for the underdog teams. Come on, town. All righty, all righty. And, uh, and the final question, yeah, running back position, upgrade or not? Oh yeah, well, <laughs> Cordell was it Cordell Patterson versus Jonathan Taylor? Cordell, listen, Patterson just resigned with them. And oh, I know, I know, but we're comparing. Listen, the no, listen, Jonathan Taylor's the bet is the better running back. There's oh, yeah. no doubt, but. That's because Cordaro Patterson, even though he lines up in the backfield, I don't consider him a running back. He's he's like um, 
He's like a slash, you know, like the oh, old. No, no, I, I get it. But so, technically speaking, they they assume Cordell was their top running back. Which, and the reason I said it is because it really shows how bad offensively. And look, Maddie Ryan almost put up. I want to say about four thousand yards this past year. Off, and he had no receivers outside of a tight end who was yeah, probably yeah. double teamed at times. At that point, uh, yeah. no true running back. Yeah, so. So, I mean, remember that little bowling ball he used to have that went to the Super Bowl? Michael Turner. Michael Turner. I mean, the days of Michael Turner. I love that guy. He played for San Diego, so I got to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. Let's move on. Sure. We got, we're going to combine these two. We'll talk about them separately, but we'll interchangeably because these two individuals are tied at the hill. The scene is Chicago, New York. I don't know. Somewhere where the NFL is at. The 2015 NFL Draft. And on the board, we have Jameis Winston, or how, how do you say it? Jameis. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And lay it out, John, who went one, two? It was Winston one, Mariota two. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'm being honest, in my write-up that year, I had them reversed. I had Mariota one and uh, Winston two. You know, I thought I thought they had him right with Winston one because I saw Winston's uh, uh, girth and his uh, arm, and I'm like, guy's got a good arm, fucking uh, freaking great arm, and he's big. And then I saw Mariota, and I'm like, he's coming from Oregon. Yeah, he's coming from a pro style. Yeah. But, but 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 pajama boy. Yeah. I'm sorry, the Pac-10 is pajama boy uh, football when compared to the big powerhouses. So I'm like, well, this guy's know, competition was not quite up there. Like well, ag- agreed. But here's the other thing too. I think those guys suffered from reverse racism, both of them, right? So, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I mean. A lot of guys in our industry, I'll say the fan, not to talk about the NFL industry, but the fantasy industry assumed that because Winston is black, that he was oh, a let me guess. quarterback. He can rush. He can run. He can run. <laughs> and because Mariota was white, they figured he was the pocket passer. Isn't he Hawaiian? I think Mariota is Hawaiian. He might be, yeah. Or, or Tongan. I'm not sure. But they assumed based only on skin color, and this will tell you how many hacks there are in our industry. When you looked at Winston play, that guy is slow, He's a plotter. He reminds me more of Ben Roethlisberger than Michael Vick. Like yeah, Big Ben to be so big, couldn't run. Right, like maybe move in the pocket a little, you know, just to create some space, but that's it. And a big kid and a big arm, that was Winston. Um, his major problem, of course, turnovers. Oh, and, yeah, know, we're going to talk about that. We're yeah. gonna talk about but that. Mariota, I love Mariota because he was the he was among the beginning of the new breed of quarterbacks. These are oh, oh, quarterbacks. Oh, and nobody the denies yeah. Nobody denies yeah. that talent, Big John. All right. Uh, let me give you the details here. Marcus Mariota, within hours of Matty Ryan getting traded to the uh, Indianapolis Colts, they signed Mariota to a two-year contract worth $18.75 million. Now, the big assumption is he's Merle, did I say Merle? A stopgap. No. Merlin, yeah, Merlin. That's when my little Spanish accent that you can't hear anymore comes in. So, uh, uh, so eighteen point seven five million. He receives a one point seven five. He receives about two million guaranteed base salary, a five million dollar signing bonus, and he has a twelve million dollar option for twenty twenty three, which is actually very cheap. Oh, it's, and, it's dirt cheap if you're the Falcons, a starting quarterback potentially for and uh, like ten million roughly a year. And exactly. That's that's, that's bargain. <laughs> Let's get James, uh, Jameis. Let's get yeah. Jameis Winston out of the way. He also signed a two-year contract. 
His is worth $28 million. Now, Jermaine's has not stopped playing. Marcus Mariota has been on the bench for two years now. Right. You know, uh, 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 21 million in guarantees, $14 million signing bonus. I congratulate both men because both yeah. are, are, are technically speaking bus and, and Tampa Bay Winston's career, Tampa Bay, uh, 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 per game average, 274 uh, yards, 1.7 TDs. So, 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 uh, you know, maybe one to two TDs and one interception. So he threw an interception every game come hell or high water. He averaged 19.56 and 20 interceptions a year. And John, when I think of interceptions, I think of the rookie, Peyton Manning. I think he had like 17 or 20 or something. Oh, like that. more than Some that. Some ungodly yeah. number. But here's the guy's like, hold my beer. <laughs> you know? Listen, I love I, I Listen, a lot of people underestimate um, how productive Winston was in Tampa Bay the problem was he wasn't like it was a combination he wasn't coached up the right way initially and I don't know that he ever and I'm sure it was a combination of his fault and his coaching but look whoa whoa whoa, 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 whoa. hold on I don't want to push back but I have yeah. to ask you though he was with Bruce Arian Super Bowl winning not, not the and whole time and, and offensive coordinator no, not the whole within time. that final year yeah and, that, and when, when the what season kind of, rolled around what kind of numbers did he put up that year William he put up almost 5,000 yards. That's he, had, right. he had almost 40 touchdowns. The problem but, was he had 30 interceptions, right? Yeah, 30 so. interceptions for a five-year pro at that point in time. Oh, oh yes, agreed. But yeah. listen, my point is, I think he was a little – look, he needed to have it corrected. I agree. But he has talent. You can see he has talent. And literally, if you match up those first five years against the first five years of any quarterback, Winston is in the top – two or three in terms of yards, touchdowns. Of course, the problem is the interception. You right? know, John, you sound like a politician defending Paul Ryan, a so-called conservative. And they go, look at his voting record. He votes 80% of the time with conservatives. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Can't argue that. The problem is the 20% is what messes up 80% of the country. Oh, I, listen, I, I don't... I, yeah, interceptions I, are... Pick six. I'm with you. Throw. Yeah. I'm with you. But what I meant to say is, when you see a talent like that, like, look, if you had that attitude, you would have given up on Brett Favre after five years. Oh, right? no, no, no. Oh, no, no. Come on, come on. There is no comparison with Winston and 30 interceptions in the year five uh, uh, career. And I'm not knocking Winston because I agree with you. I'm like, this kid had too much talent for somebody not to literally take him under the wing and just hit him every time. They Remember when we were kids, we get hit when we messed up. Just, well, no, no, just <laughs> smack him on the head. No, but I mean, they <laughs> grab you by the face mask. Yeah, and exactly. Your face mask and, exactly. Yeah. No, and, but, but, but uh, listen. Nobody did that. Yeah, except for Sean Payton. Right, that's what we have to keep in mind. When no, he went to no, the no, states, no, 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 hold on. They did. He did. What did they specifically do for the audience? They scaled back the offense and made him a game manager. So oh. they kind of took him out of his game. Yeah, but listen, he spent the year apprenticing under uh, Bruce, which he needed. Right? People assume when you're the number one overall that you should go right into the game. Winston. Exactly clearly needed to sit behind a veteran for a season because are you trying to tell me that in one season without playing he corrected all those mistakes all of a sudden all of a sudden he can tell but nobody knows if he did john because he only played seven games before he went down with the acl agreed team. but how did he do in those seven games last year oh phenomenal phenomenal uh his stat line was uh, uh 167 yards per game uh two touchdowns though 
and 0.43 interceptions. So he reduced that by, uh, what's that, five, six, seven? Uh, uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, he reduced it by over a point. And when yeah. you're talking 1.2 per game, so, so no, he, see, and that, that's why uh, I have grown to love uh, 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 Jameis Winston because I didn't like him. I don't like these 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 uh, prima donnas who do bad things. And he did bad things, and we all know that in college, and then come out. But it makes me happy though when they actually turn it around. Right. And, and, and so he's become somebody I now root for, and I'm happy. Yeah. He's a good role model. But it's only been seven games. Uh, he's coming off an ACL tear midseason 2021. He was the team's fallback option. Became a bit of a game manager, as I stated. Uh, 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 but to your point, what is impressive when you look at it is 14 touchdowns and three interceptions. That's amazing. In, in, in essentially what amounts to one year worth of play time. Now, Mariota, on the other hand, to your point. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's stick with Jameis Winston. Final okay. question here. Uh, Sean Payton is retired. Dennis Allen, uh, uh, the, the defensive coordinator, got the job as a head coach. He's a defensive coordinator. Luckily, uh, well, I don't know if it's luckily or not, uh, 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 but they keep the same offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael. So my question to you, Big John, is how will this new head coaching staff, uh, 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 even though they had the current offensive coordinator, uh, uh, work? Uh, uh, with James Winston, will they will they slowly try to expand him? No, where he's at. No. What are defensive coordinators who become head coaches famous for? Oh, shutting down the offense. Our yeah. quarterback will not lose a game for us. Exactly. Think of any defensive head coach, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick. Think of all these defensive the guys who were defensive coordinators became head coaches. Their mantra is. Do not turn over the ball. We don't care if you can't throw it deep. Just don't think of Trent Dilfer. Don't turn over the ball. So do I expect them to get crazy like Tampa Bay again all of a sudden? The no risk it, no biscuit offense? No, it's not going to be like that with Jameis Winston. I think you this is a good point, though. Yeah. People forget, though. I mean, that's a Sean Payton offense. That, that, that's a West Coast offense. And what people forget about the West Coast, Steve Young said so well. He said when they, when they talked to him about throwing deep, deep, he came back and said, look, I throw deep. I throw 20 yards. That's pretty deep. He goes, 20 yards? He goes, yeah, my job is to get the ball in the hands of the receiver. Right. They're the ones who make it. So I say that with the fact that that will play to his strengths, John. But just as a, I'm going slightly off topic, but I want to get your opinion, is it's such a uh, color-by-number offense. Isn't it refreshing to see a head coach like Bruce Arians go to their quarterback? You've got the arm, baby. I'm going to let you launch it. And that's part of the rapport. Or is it re repertoire or rapport? Rapport, rapport. That's part of the rapport. So I guess, I don't know, I'm digressing, but to me, one of the most beautiful passes was that final touchdown pass that Tom Brady threw. And I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but when I, when I see that, I'm like, that's football. Yeah, yeah listen, there's, there's the romance of the bomb, right? Like the Hail Mary, like the old Raiders, right? Like um, right. they were famous. Who was the mad bomber? Daryl Monica for the Raiders. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, the old uh, or even um, uh, uh, Joe Cap for the Vikings and all these old school guys, Joe Namath. Like as good as Joe Namath was, people forget for his career, his in touchdown oh. to interception ratio was one to one. Different era, 
Different era. Let's no, 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 no. I'm just gonna say, poor Joe. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, see, that proves the Hall of Fame is not just about the numbers because his yeah. numbers were nothing special. He's no. in for guaranteeing that victory, and and, and also because he was super talented. But my point is that when you look at these guys, like you have to take into account that the football changed, right? So with the mobile quarterback, then as soon as defenses said, okay, we can't bump these receivers. We can't chuck these receivers. We can't grab them. What are we going to do? We have to kill the quarterback. I told you every podcast so far, every NFL team right now, the only way they can keep up is by having two destructive pass rushers on the same line whether it's a linebacker and a defensive end, two edge guys, whatever, you need two. Having one doesn't work anymore, right? So you need an Aaron Donald, you need a Von Miller. You yeah. need, uh, you know, you need killers at both ends. You need a Shaq <laughs> Barrett, you need a J- JPP, right? I agree. I so agree. what do you need? So that means quarterbacks just don't have the time unless they're very mobile. They don't have the time to sit there and launch the 40 yards in the air very few of them can do it. Aaron Rodgers. All right, but, uh, all right, all right then. Okay, so uh, who is the greatest deep ball passer in the league? I'm not talking West Coast. And then we're going to move on to uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I'll give you my top three. Russell Wilson, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and Deshaun Watson. You know, I haven't, you know, the, 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 let's be honest. The Texans were losers, so I can't remember the last time I saw Deshaun Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins or Deshaun Watson to Will Fuller. Uh, these were I'm looking forward to seeing it I'm looking forward to seeing it and look let's be honest he was given 200 what 50 million guaranteed anything below average is a failure and a bust so oh, anything below, a lot of pressure on him anything below great is a bust yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to say average everything below great is going to be a bust exactly all right Let's move on here to uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we talked about how much he signed for. Now, his career, he was number two behind Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, you've already described him. And you're right. He was uh, a good scrambler, able to move and advance the ball with his feet. Uh, uh, and that's, that, that's kind of what, like, you're right. That was a bit of a flip of what the stereotype and people were actually writing about. Yeah. You know, in fact, dude, I got to tell you, in America, so I'm researching, you know, and I come across uh, uh, Brissett. Oh, my gosh, I apologize. What's his first name? Uh, Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett. So somebody sat there and said, they were talking about the immobile quarterbacks or something to that fact. And somebody said, no, no, you're wrong. They had Jacoby Brissett. You know, and somebody obviously was, it was bam, bam, bam with the tweets afterwards. Oh, because he's black, because you're right. The man was like a brick, you know? And and, uh, it just shows, it just, I laugh because I'm like, people want to call people racist without looking in the mirror, you know? And there's at times when just stupid mistakes are made that oh, are harmless. Absolutely. It's just funny. Anyway, Marcus Mariota, injury prone. He's never played a full 16 game season, John. Yeah. Uh, 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 so, so hang on to that thought, cause I got a question about that. Uh, he was dumped for, by Vrabel after one season. And so uh, he was replaced halfway through the season actually. And, uh, I have never, I'm not a big Vrabel fan, so I'm a bit biased because I am a, a, I'm not a Mariota fan, but he seems like a nice guy. It's it, based off everything I've seen and read. Right. It seems to me that there was just a disconnect there. He got shipped out because I, I think Marcus Mariota, 
uh, and I think he got shipped out because Rabel maybe didn't think he was tough enough, always getting hurt. I think I think so too. I think it was that he got shipped out because he was injury prone. Exactly, he was uh, twenty nine and thirty two as a tight end, yeah. and then in twenty twenty signed the back of Dave Carr. So real quick though, uh, 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 well, you were answering it. The injury prone label. Yeah. The injury prone label is what got him in Tennessee. And then he goes to the Raiders, tries to resurrect his career a little bit as a backup. I think he did very well in that role. They had special like red zone packages for him where he could do the RPO with Jacobs and run, you know, uh, carry it, you know, like almost like a Taysom Hill sort of role. Yeah. Um, so, and he did fairly well like that. Now, the good thing about him going to, but he also got hurt in Vegas as a backup. He also got hurt. So, well, um, remember too, David Carr, the last two or three off seasons, Derek, has always, Derek, Derek, oh, I did it. Derek keep, Carr. You keep referring to his older brother. Yes. I feel Derek bad. Carr. The kids yeah. should have been great if the, if the offensive line had ever existed. It, well, blame the parents because well, who would name their both their quarter starting quarterback children with the first names that begin with D they're just asking for trouble. Uh, 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 yeah. But Derek Carr's the last two or three years, yeah. his name has always been on the potential trading bar. No, and that's so unfair. So unfair. No, 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 but my point is I thought Mariota went there possibly thinking he'd have a shot through injury or whatnot. Or he may have. Traded. Yeah. He may have. But what's good about him here is he's he's going to Atlanta, so he's going to probably look. The only competition he has there right now. Well, hold on. What's the connection with him in Atlanta? Oh, Arthur Smith. He was his offensive coordinator or quarterbacks coach in Tennessee. Now he's the head coach in Atlanta, and I was going to say that that bodes well for him. Going to ostensibly be the starter in Atlanta on a contract that's only nine ten million bucks a year. Beauty. Like, even if you just get him to be a placeholder for two years where you're competitive and you're not expecting much, that's worth the $10 million in today's oh, yeah. market. Yeah, theoretically, they could keep him for two years. And let's say he's a legit number one. But let's say – but you know they're going to draft a rookie. They and, should. I yeah. mean, this year or next year. So that's coming whether they like it or not. So that gives them leverage. Hey. The uh, Falcons uh, talk about – and it's not hindsight because a lot of people, myself included, have been saying this for two, three years now. They should have drafted Matt Ryan's replacement long ago, but they kept holding on to this ridiculous notion that they were a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, so, yeah, but they had that one guy, that general manager, the guy with the glasses, one of those intelligent-looking yuppies. Yeah, yeah, Dimitrov. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And I think they kept him on maybe five years too long. Yeah, that's, listen, last year was their chance. Like, I know Kyle Pitts is going to be a great player in this league. He's a super talented tight end. He's one of these guys that redefines the position potentially. But when you have a chance to draft, when you're that high up and you have a chance in a quarterback-rich draft, and listen, if their scouts were any good, they saw what all of us saw, that this year was a weak quarterback class. So to think that you could count on Matt Ryan carrying your team, I think was short, very short-sighted. Last year, we were I was calling for them to, to not draft Pitts and to draft a quarterback. They didn't. So now they're in the position they're in because of this. Uh, Mariota, I think, is going to, if he starts, he'll have a chance to prove himself. If he stays healthy, he'll probably be a competent quarterback, especially at the price point. Saves them some money so they can load up next year. They'll have cash next year once that dead money of Ryan's rolls off the cap this year. That so, gives Mariota incentive to play, too. There you go. So I think it's a good move for him. I think it's a good, it's a good risk. Yeah, I like Mariota. He's uh, not had the easiest career, but hey, 
you got to produce if you want to stay in this league. Yep. yep. And uh, he just was not producing uh, uh, on the bench too much. All right. So let's cut to the chase here. I reviewed all the quarterbacks today. Yeah. And the reality is there are pretty much only two left. And we both, we've already discussed one, uh, Baker Mayfield over past podcast and we, we haven't really talked too much but we've mentioned jimmy garoppolo i like that garoppolo. Uh, so briefly uh, uh we know he played through a torn labrum in terms of baker yes. mayfield uh he does not have a no trade clause the clause the seahawks are the big rumor and uh but i i was reading some reports saying they, they may not even push hard what happens to Baker Mayfield this year? Do you think he holds out or sticks it out? Uh, is willing to be a team member? Or do you think he's going to pull an OBJ and say, I'm gone? He, he can't stand. And I don't think Cleveland wants him. They just resigned. Uh, they just signed Case Keenum to be the backup. No, no, I, I get that, Big John. But I'm talking about trading him now versus maybe you hold on to him. Somebody gets hurt and maybe can't. Oh, no, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't need that in the locker room. Uh, okay. you need, and you need to unload the, the contract, too. You need to get rid of the contract because they're going to be stuck for so much for Watson. They're going to need money to make in-season maneuvers, whether it's injury call-ups, whatever. They got to get rid of them. They should get rid of them. I wouldn't be too proud for them. Look, if Matt Ryan commands a third... If you get a third for Mayfield, that even is a good haul for them if they get a third for Mayfield at this point because the whole league knows they can't keep him. They, they'll probably have to cut him. If they can't trade him, they'll have to release him. What's that? That's like an $18 million cap hit? I have no clue. I can't remember. Well, he's on his rookie contract, so okay, it's not that. that big, right? So, right. But because he's also on his rookie contract, uh, Mayfield is an intriguing target now. Would the Seahawks take him? That's the one that makes logical sense. He should probably go to the Seahawks. That's probably his best shot or the Panthers. That'll that those are the two landing spots that he has the chance to compete and win for. Um, I don't see it happening in Carolina because they're probably going to draft uh, a quarterback, probably Willis. So they'll have a, a kid for the future. Now, because he's on his rookie contract, that means you can control Mayfield, I think, for another for this season, the next season, right? Yeah, this season. Yeah. So it makes sense for the Seahawks. If I'm the Seahawks, if the price is right in terms of a trade, you bring in Mayfield to compete with Drew Locke, and you just say, May the best man win. And then you, you know, and they're both on their rookie contracts. No, no, no. So, I I, here's what I see. It won't happen, but it should. <laughs> is I'm like, hold on. I mean, hold on to him and through his agent with the understanding, look, don't come in, we're gonna pay you. Uh, and then they wait it out because either, you know, they're gonna get nothing or, 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 or and maybe even have to release him, as you said, and, and eat that. But if they hold on to him, come closer to training camp, somebody gets hurt somewhere else, they can ship him off and then maybe have an incentives laden type uh, 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 contract. And, you know, they, it goes the second round, yada, 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 you know, or you, or if that doesn't work, but you, there's still no value. Hey, sit down, uh, come trade deadline. We're going to be pushing you. If not at that point, cut him. Yeah. I, I don't know, to be honest with you, because yeah, quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks being moved mid season are a tough sell because, they have to pick up an entire offense. It's very, it's more difficult. 
Well, no, no, no. It could be a situation where he he's not going in as a starter, but as a uh, they should. I can't see any team uh, trading for Baker Mayfield to be a starter in season in midseason. Let, let me, point, you're right. You're right. Well, let me ask you this: if the Seah- if the if the Browns go to the Seahawks and say, "Send us a fifth round pick, and you can have Baker Mayfield," you're not doing that deal. I, you know what? Without knowing their salary cap in depth. And what I have actually, the blessed sweat, and tears I put into it, because I do think in a move like that, it does come to that. Because look, I'm sorry, only the nerds uh, with no personalities can sit there and not have an ego and just crunch away. Everybody in that industry has an ego. And then you're talking about giving up on a first round draft pick who, when you look at it, honestly, what was it, 20 years before he took them to a playoff game and then played hurt. And you're right. He's immature. But he's no more immature, which is what drives me crazy, than than an OBJ, than a Watson, than anybody else. Well, I don't, well Watson wasn't immature. He just uh, wanted too much of a booty call. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm not sold that Mayfield deserved, if that's a thing, to be the number one overall pick. I, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I get that, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think he sucks either. I think. All right, has- all right, then. All right, then. Where do you think he goes if he gets traded? Seattle. All right, Seattle. All right. What about uh, 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 Jimmy Garoppolo? Something interesting about him that I found today. I had to double check it, but his trade clauses, he has his no trade clauses gone. Yeah. It ended at the, the start of the new season. Uh, it's a dried up window, just like uh, I think Garoppolo, people forget, and I'll back it up by saying this. His last contract that he signed was one of the biggest in NFL yes. And it was because when healthy, he is upper echelon. But the problem became immediately clear. He's not a, a durable a quarterback to last year a full season. Yeah. You know, and this year with the thumb and then torn his shoulder in the playoff, uh, do you think the window has passed on them moving him this year? Or do you think he still gets traded? You know, now, the difference between him and Baker Mayfield, I look at Baker Mayfield's best situation now is go as a backup behind a Matt Ryan or somebody. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I see him as a starter. He has to be a starter. He's not going to be a backup for anybody. Um, I don't know. See, I if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said, yeah, they got to trade him. Like they've to who? A month ago. A month ago to who? I would have said the Colts. The Col- yeah, there you go. The Colts, the Colts you know. I would have said, who now? Who now becomes – listen – well, and would the 49ers trade him to an inner conference? To, uh, a, I think a, that's a, the more important question. I think do the Niners trade him at all at this point? Because if they can't get they're, – they're obviously holding out for whatever value they feel is, quote, right, whatever that Let is. Let me present this to you, Big John. If they hold off until training camp, and let's say a cult – Let's say Ryan goes down with one of those seven to eight week, possibly all year long. Do you think Garoppolo is the kind of guy who could come in and just they can keep a contender, a contender? Now, yes, okay, absolutely. Because because let's face it, in in San Francisco, see, and I would even um, I would push back a little bit on you. I wouldn't consider him upper echelon. I never have. Um, there's a reason why, he, like, he was stuck behind Brady. 
the two or three games he got in, he looked good, and people just started building this mystique around him. Oh, yeah, they he, always do that. I right, mean, our era was 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 that one backup that went on the Kansas Castle yeah. Castle Matt Castle. Matt Castle, same thing, right? He, the, yeah, yeah. So we're on the same page there. But when he played, when I saw him play, he was solid. He was solid. But well, it wasn't that he was solid. He had this coolness about him Maybe right. because he's a good-looking guy. He just fits the profile. Yeah, he's but, uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy. Uh, what's what was his nickname? Jimmy GQ or whatever. Yeah, there you go. But, but the point is, he just yeah. seemed cool to calm and collected. You don't see that. I don't disagree with you. That's why I think if he's in the right situation where he's, again, more of a game manager, uh, more when he's got a solid running game. Look, what does San Francisco do? They run the ball a lot, right? The, and they have yeah. gadget plays. They have Debo Samuel lining up in the backfield. But they you have don't a, think that's just great... part of the game now? That's just part of the I mean, that's, no, that's no, because there's still no, there's still times when you want to put the game in the hands of your quarterback. You look at Patrick right, Mahomes, right, you look right. at Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you don't think they did that? No, no, not at all. Not at all. See, I, I just thought it was trying to keep him freaking upright. They started to becoming more of a balanced team and how they use people. No, no, they've always had that running back by committee in San Francisco the last couple of years. That's why, yeah, like, yeah, but he's been there for like four years now. Hasn't no, he? I'm not. Disag- I'm not disagreeing with you. I just that's why I never viewed him as upper echelon. I don't think he could put a team on his back. I don't think he was the type of guy to throw for 350 yards a game and four touchdowns. I never saw that out of him. Um, compare him even to a Kirk Cousins. Kirk you Cousins think, is it? You never saw that guy, or do you think we had enough tape to actually see that guy? Because he he's really played uh, that. He, one year wasn't his first year there with San Fran was pretty much uh, yeah, or has he been he's been listen. literally injured almost uh, every yeah, year. Yeah, that's that's right. the other problem, right? There's a lot. Well, that's of why I lost faith. Yeah, year two. Yeah, look, I think he deserves a shot. I think he's had his flashes where you could say he can run a balanced team. He could take a good team to the playoffs. Can he take an average team to the playoffs? Probably not. Well, he took the 49ers to the playoff that or, or Super Bowl that one year against the Chiefs. They were a good team. Yeah. Well, they had a great defense, too. Yeah. And, and that's when George Kittle was still – he was discovered, but he was still showing the league what he could do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that said, I, uh, I'm anxious to see Trey Lance, uh, and we'll see how that goes. And, but, look, uh, it may behoove them for another season. The you know, oh, that, I'm sorry. That, that's one of the questions I had for you. Yeah. Do you believe the reports that are coming out? I think it may have been Schefter or one of those type of insiders that said that uh, uh, the team may have overestimated Trey Lance's capacity to take the starting job this year. Absolutely. And- yeah, because look, they thought when they took Trey Lance out of, a, uh, I think, a D2 school, what, did, what were they thinking? I'm sure they had visions of Josh Allen version two dancing in their head. The big kid with the strong arm. Don't, don't uh, discriminate against him because he didn't play against top competition. Look, how many Josh Allen's are you going to run into? I'm not. And again, I'm not saying anything about Trey Lance. I haven't seen enough of him to determine, but they obviously went all in on him. And that's a risky play for the 49ers because they traded up to get him. They didn't have to get, they could have sat where they were and probably they would have had Mac Jones. Right. And we saw how good he was in, in new England. Right. He has not, he's not a bust. That's for sure. I right. just we don't know how good he is yet, but no, I agree with you. Uh, and because of that, do you think that they would be willing to keep Jimmy G as, as a starter uh, after it's all been Trey Lance for one more year? Keep him as a backup. 
Yeah, it's not like he has a choice. He's going to be paid awfully well, and then they could always still move him. Yeah, they, they should keep him. Look, at this point, if if they can't make the guy happy and they can't get the value they want, like, look, what would you think they need for to move Jimmy G? A third, a second, a fourth? At this point, yeah, because of that, if they had been one of the first teams to move him, they could have maybe got in the first or second, you know, depending what team. But now I think if they get a third, they're lucky yeah. if they get a third. Yeah, I, I think nobody's. Point, do you believe that they are as good of friends and they all get along as get along as can be there? To the uh, I think I think future? much like we said about Ryan, I think Jimmy G's professional. So yeah. if there was a problem, you'd never hear about it. <laughs> you'd yeah, never I just hear about you know it. I just think that you know he's just too damn good looking. <laughs> that's my issue with Jimmy. And that's why we hate him, God damn it. That's right, that's looking. right. I can see his aunt squeezing those cheese. Come here, Jimmy. Yeah, okay. Moving on now. Oh, real quick, just a little tidbit. Any comment on this? Which team uh, 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 will be the first one to get a QB? Here's your teams uh, 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 in terms of a long-term franchise. The Commanders, Seahawks, Panthers, Texans, Colts. Buccaneers and even the Titans, if you want to throw them in their Super Bowl window. You mean Do you think draft? any one of these teams you mean in, the uh, uh, in the draft or if an opportunity arises? And I ask, well, well not the Colts anymore because of Matty T. But you, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that a, a team that's looking for a franchise draft, a franchise quarterback, will uh, uh, get it in the draft or they're still willing to trade uh, uh, for somebody? I think the Panthers are taking a quarterback in the first round, probably Willis. Like, so. And where's Pickett go then? I don't know. <laughs> I know, I know. To be honest with you, he may go to Pittsburgh. Like I know they have Trubisky there and all that. Um, I think you take your chance. And he's a hometown guy. I think it's a it's a great story that if if he ends up with Pittsburgh, I think it's a, great a small story. college. Did you ever see him play? I did. I, I, I'm not going to call myself an expert on him, but listen, there's no outstanding quarterbacks this year. Uh, coming out in my right, opinion. I read that. Right. Yeah. So um I think the Panthers have to take one of them, whether they take Pickett or Willis or whatever. Sam, do you think Sam Darnold's that bad? Or I thought it was I just thought I don't think Sam Darnold's ever had any damn good coaching since college. That's and true. Then, That's yeah. true, but look, he came out too early probably. He came out as a junior at, or was it as a sophomore? But he came out a year too early at the least. Another Tommy Maddox? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's get on to our, our pop culture, sports and politics, and NFL free agency news all rolled up into one, Big John. Woo. And I want everybody to take a knee for Colin Kaepernick. Oh, so, man. You conservatives cannot let that go. Oh, no. It's nothing to do with conservatism. That's part of history now. Okay. Uh, you, never forget history. That's the only way we'll move forward. That's, I mean, look at, I mean, World War One. You think we would have learned? You know, well, here's World War Two, and, and even then, I still worry. Anyway, Colin Kaepernick. How did we get here? Obviously, Colin Kaepernick uh, is a, is an activist. Uh, started with 49ers, had a promising career. Looked kind of average his final two years, and like he wasn't growing uh, like they wanted him to grow. Then uh, discovered a knee through a veteran. <laughs> Take a knee, Colin. Took a knee and forever changed right. the uh, political landscape. Now, since then, he's earned uh, 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 quite a bit of money. Uh, now he is in some workouts. And, he, and, and it's like he's throwing it out there that he's back. Uh, he Remember, he compared 
the NFL, the slavery. Uh, 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 is this politically correct uh, or legit? Uh, the, the sit there and criticize him? Because my first thought process, process was he's 34 years old, hasn't played in years. Like, you know, he wasn't crescendoing up. You right. Know? Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts, John? Look, um, you have to look at the totality. Now, is he in a position to get back into the NFL? Probably not. Like you said, he's been out of football way too long. And no matter how good shape you're in, William, we all know, if you haven't been in the training camps, if you haven't gotten hit, if you haven't been in the speed of the game, odds are you're not in a position to come back. The way I see it is Eric Dickerson, one of the greatest runners of all time, took a year off. He wasn't the same when he got back. And he was one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, if we think a quarterback can take, what is it now, four or five years off, six years, whatever it's been, and all of a sudden just say, I'm going to waltz in at 34 and start over again, uh-uh, it's not going to happen. But we'd also be kidding ourselves if we didn't admit that he was essentially blackballed by the NFL. Um, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I don't think it matters, Big John, because – there is no team. Well, you can never say never. Uh, I mean, I sat there and said, hey, I've never seen anybody sign uh, or hire somebody who has a race, who has racism uh, uh, charges out against somebody. And look at Brian Flores got hired by the Steelers, you know? Yeah, but but and you're right. And But I think he initially, but, but, he initially was blackballed, if we're being honest. Right, right, but, but I'm, that's what I'm going to ask you. So if, if we are being honest, yeah. what team would sign him with the circus that he would bring? It's like you'd have to walk on eggshells. Oh, listen. Yes. So, so my yeah. take is, there. call it what you want, but there was no blackballing because no sane team would hire him. But no, that's that, so, so, so what so, about so. the two trade offers he, or the trade offers, trade offer he spurned and not willing to be a backup and wanting more money in Seattle? Yeah, look, uh, I don't know about those, to be honest with you. I know, I know I've heard about those. I've seen them in your research that you've done for the show. But I, I never thought much of Kaepernick after the league got used to him. So when he exactly. first started, he was, was like, he was like this crazy hybrid who and yeah. he had a strong arm and he came out of nowhere. Uh, but then again, so did Rick Meyer, if you remember him. His first year oh, was, uh, rookie, he was right? He was number one or number two overall. He, he, yeah, and he, and he won Rookie of the Year over Drew Bledsoe that year, right? So, I mean, so once the NFL said, okay, once the defense had seen him, right, it, it's not like he was Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, right? So he was, he, he his novelty wore off, and he was very quickly becoming an average quarterback. Now, having said that, was he still talented enough to be a backup somewhere? Hey, we just talked about Marcus Mariota and anybody who thinks Colin Camp Kaepernick at the same point in their careers was less talented than Marcus Mariota is lying to themselves. Oh yeah, uh, yeah back then. Right? But, but at the end of the day, answer the question there, Big John, with him being the circus coming to town. No, I wouldn't touch him. No, no, no. I wouldn't touch so, him now. So, so, but, so, but I, but my not, truth, how can they blackball him if the only logical move is I mean, like, again, no, I said, no, 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 you misunderstood. I said he was blackballed. The initial reason he was never on a team was he was being blackballed. And a lot of this kneeling, the objections to kneeling, which honestly, I never understood. And I'll put this on conservatives from day one, William, their reaction to that guy kneeling during the national anthem was the most over the top, 
fake outrageous uh, outrage that I've ever seen in my life. That that to react that way to a guy kneeling, or to or who was the safety that also got a, a black You know, John, that's because there's certain things in life that some people take more seriously. Like you asking them again, we'll go back to the immigrant and then we'll move on. It's we view the patriotism of this country over where we came from, originated from. And I was blessed; I was born American citizen. But you know, so I've seen that. First Are you sure? Can I see your green papers, please? <laughs> yeah. You keep claiming this. I'm not sure. But, but at the end of the day, that's honestly part of that has been lost by this country. That but, but, but I'm, uh, before we hold on, hold on. so when they sit there and see that and they see the planes going overhead, a game is traditionally seen as bringing people together, keep the politics out. There, it has. Uh, we talked about that's so why we have our, our website. But that's how it's traditionally been until the last couple of years. No, I disagree with you because prior to two thousand. You didn't even have the national anthem sung at NFL games. No, but at big events, the Super Bowl and things like that. Yeah, know, but like yeah. you're. But that's when people watch. Remember back then, uh, you're still talking thirty million uh, tops back then. Yeah, uh, uh, not counting the the playoffs and and and. Yeah, but I'm saying like the weekly Bowl. games. The weekly games did not have the national anthem played in them, right? So. First of all, people who say it's always been done this way just aren't, they're just making assumptions that are untrue. The fact that he knelt was not disrespectful. Like, you know what would have been disrespectful if he dropped his pants or if he grabbed, or if he like grabbed his jaw. To you, it wasn't respectful. To you, I mean, to you, it wasn't disrespectful, but the others, it was. How though? I'm struggling to understand because. Because you're a libertarian. No, no, but listen, if I saw this right you libertarian, you always no, no, wait a second. On the altar second. of objectivity. No, yeah. but let me let me also tell you something else, right? If one of your conservative friends bowed before Trump or kneeled before Trump like they're wanting to do, that's that's apples and is oranges. Is that disrespect? No, no, that's that's apples and oranges. You're taking it completely out of context. The flag represents something that is eternal, that's that's but, part of the well, what did he do to the hold on, stop. What, what did You're he trying do to mean that by comparing that to a, a human you know that's what makes america special then i'll take a human flag. over a flag any day yeah. i'm it's all not about, about the flag it's what the flag represents see that's again the i mean the flag of, that represents yeah, freedom the of, of libertarianism that puts themselves up mean, here <laughs> while they look at us down here yet do you, do down you here mean the us. you mean you said what the flag represents you mean the flag that represents free expression yeah, and the flag that, that it doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't mean they're I right. I didn't say he was right, but uh, like no, 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 but no, no. But I was explaining to you what it meant to them. It doesn't mean they're right. That's the first thing anybody in. If you want to know somebody served, one of the very first things they'll tell you when you thank him, which I don't like people doing to me, but when, is, is that well, well, first of all, it, it was a job. Uh, 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 I don't know. You know what? At the end of the day, it's it's just a situation in which they were wrong, the conservatives, but understanding why they did it. Uh, it's kind of like that. That, that well, okay, if you admit they were wrong. To, oh yeah, I, I admit all the time when I believe. Then I'm good with you. I'm good with you. Yeah. If you if you admit they were wrong, I, listen. I understand their motive, right? I'm not yeah. saying I don't understand their motive, but it was a knee jerk out, outrage that really. But John, we're, we're right. It's uh, racism is one of those. I always tell people if you want to have a fight started, because there will be no peace early on, no matter who is right, it started a race war. Yeah, because it's because it's 1,000% 1, built on emotion, emotion of anger, 
that turns into hate. It's one of the best mob mentality tactics you can use. And that's what Kaepernick was used for. And then our side reacted as they did and then became an ignorant, a battle of ignorance. Because at the end of the day, as you and I both know, the politicians were still getting richer, still consolidating power. And you and I will smoke a cigar and complain about it. But did you burn how- your Nikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you burn so- your Nikes? No, no, I still got, but you know what, they make them so damn cheap now. I tossed one in in the shower and all the waffles came off. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, Nike. Anyway, uh, do you think it's a fair assessment then if teams don't want to give him a shot or do you think- Yes, I think it's absolutely fair. Now, now, He's too much of a circus right now. And- But hasn't he always been? That's my point from day one, hasn't he been? No, I, I, look, uh, yes. So I'm very pragmatic in the sense that the guy's a distraction. Whether he was justified or not, whether the conservatives or Trump pointing him out as what's wrong with sports, all that nonsense, for whatever reason, I'm not even saying who was right and who was wrong. He's a distraction. You don't want him on your team if he's a distraction. I get it. Um, So to that extent, I have no problem if nobody even offers him a tryout. I have no problem with that. Of course, he'll spin it that it's because people are still blackballing him for his political beliefs. So, right. um, But but that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to Kaepernick. Uh, And let's move on to the mainstream media here. Uh, uh, I have my two cents and then I'll pass it to you to close the night. So here's a quote uh, from a reporter who uh, uh, is talking about, well, look, you know, the Saints were ready to get three first rounders up for Deshaun Watson. So they're comparing uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, his physical, what he brings to the table to what Colin Kaepernick brings to the table as equal. And he goes on to say, if they were willing to trade three years worth of draft picks for a pastor who was being deposed in court in between meetings with them, they should be willing to give Kaepernick the shot he deserves. So, so that's a reporter said that. And my point is, all things equal, there is no equality in those two in terms of their physical peakness right now. Yeah. And I bring this up because to me, it's like, this is why it's trash journalism, a lot of it, you know, because it's like, you have to be objective. And I get your logic, but then you have to understand the truth through facts. The fact is, or the, the facts will show us the truth. He's younger, he's more fitter. Uh, he came in because of injury, uh, 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 but he could have started right away. It took Kaepernick a while. So to me, they're like two different physical specimens, you know, and that's why I viewed it as yellow journalism. Your final thoughts on that, Big John? Well, of course, it's nonsense because I'll even go back to basic principles. Nobody is owed anything. Like, why do, why do we think that because a person, because Deshaun Watson got paid, it means that every black quarterback has to get paid? I don't understand. I don't think it's because he's black. I think it's because he's just the next domino to fall. It'll no, be- no, but I'm saying that journalist who, who drew the comparison between Deshaun Watson and Colin Kaepernick was just someone who either doesn't understand football at all or is trying to make a social justice point on the wrong on the basis of wrong information it's the same For a bad interpretation it's yeah it, it's like women who keep thinking there's a gender pay gap there isn't no matter how much proof you show to these people that What's it that, doesn't exist 
I, I, I just think all the ladies left the room. <laughs> yeah, let them leave the room. It's okay. Uh, listen, uh, I, as you know, I'm a data scientist. To me, it all comes down to those numbers, maybe to a fault, William. You know, sometimes I don't consider the human element. But like when you looked at uh, Deshaun Watson, at the he's entering the peak of his career. He hasn't done anything criminally wrong. So when you look, when you compare his, say, off the field situation to Kaepernick, okay, maybe you could say neither one of them committed a crime, whatever, whatever, right? But more but importantly, Watson would want to keep quiet and low key uh, versus. Well, yeah, Watson. Watson wasn't looking to make a political statement, but the the point is that why would see? It's so incredibly racist of that journalist that to say just because these two guys are black, and in his mind, they both did something quote wrong. So. Uh, in the Kaepernick situation, he's equating taking a knee and being the victim of outrage to be this to be less worse than the accusations, and that's all they are, of these women against Deshaun Watson, mainly because it's a sexual thing. And even if all these turn out to be 22 consensual things, if all 22 tend to be ambulance chasing, excuse me, this reporter would likely say Deshaun Watson is the criminal here. Why is he getting 230 million? And poor Colin Kaepernick can't get a backup role with the Saints or whatever. It's yeah. it's drawing the line based on race. They're both black, so therefore I, I, I think it's more ideology as a whole. Uh, I think it's this is a racial component of that ideology. Um, maybe, maybe, but but I'm saying I think it's more the race thing because. Don't forget, he's talking about owners that are all white. So to to and and coaches who are largely white in the NFL saying that sort of uh, cask system is what's preventing Colin Kaepernick from getting in. Right. And Big John, I think we will leave it at that. Any okay. Final words. Any final words? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it, people. I've talked too much as it is. Yeah, well, it was a lively debate. It was yes. good to read. It's good to still see uh, Jameis Winston and uh, Marcus Mariotti uh, uh, on the field uh, or back starting. And it's good to see Matty Ryan with a natural shot at a playoff. And it's always fun to talk Kaepernick people. And check out sportsgrumblings.com for all our latest content information and podcasts. And with that, Big John and everybody else, we bid you adieu. Bye bye, y'all. <laughs>